Welcome to episode 27 of This Week in Marvel. I am Ryan Panagos, Executive Editorial Director for Marvel Digital Media Group and Marvel.com and Tacos, joined by... Hey y'all, this is Marvel.com Associate Editor Ben Morris, and I am joined by... Associate Producer Blake Garris, joined by... Nobody. It's a boys club this week. We're down to... And then there were three. Yep, interns are all gone. We haven't gotten our new ones yet. Nope, not till the end of May. May? Yeah. Whew. Sorry. What are we going to do until then? More work for Blake. Hooray. And the rest of us, because we're a team. You a win. lean, mean, fighting team of three. Yes. Unstoppable. Well, we also have Strami, who's in the West Coast. Right, right. So well, four. he's more like, if we're Charlie's angels, he's Charlie. I guess Cerulli would be Charlie. Strami's that angel you never see. I never watched Charlie's Angels. Which yeah. was Charlie. What? It was Charlie. Who was uh, Charlie's Baxter, the guy? Or who's the guy that yeah, 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 yeah. He, he's Bill Murray Chumbly? slash Bernie Mac. Smanley? I don't remember the name. Charlie's Bosley. Charlie. Yeah, there you go. Man, Blake is like a huge Charlie's Angels fan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an American. <laughs> <laughs> you sure are, Blake. You're anyway, all American. If you're just joining us on This Week in Marvel, it's not usually all about Charlie's Angels. It's about not everything u- Marvel. Not usually. Not usually. Marvel news, Marvel information, new releases, and all kinds of fun stuff. We've been super duper busy with the podcast this week. We'll mm. get to some extra podcasts uh, later in the show. But right now, we're going to start off with new comics available May. for the week of May 2nd, 2012. Yes. Avengers Month. It's the most wonderful time of the year it's a fun fact folks you don't know what a great singing voice ryan has because he doesn't always bust it out on the podcast but he really is one of the great unappreciated tenors of our time people call me marvel sinatra it's true he's been called that it's been called that blake is called marvel sammy davis jr let's get to the comics age of apocalypse number three kicking us off this week by david lapham and roberto della torre the world building continues the conflict continues. We're exploring this even more. I was thinking about this. The Age of Apocalypse was always, of course, the most dystopian alternate reality you could get. But the Age of Apocalypse in this series is, dare I say, more apocalyptic than before. <laughs> Things have gone even worse. But we've got our exterminated band of human heroes who are human villains in our dimension. They're doing everything they can. They're investigating Weapon X. We've got old school Age of Apocalypse characters like Cyclops and Havoc who died in the original saga, Back from the Dead. And everyone's kind of feeling each other out. Like I've said about this book in the past, I like that it's not about a single character or even a single team. It's about a world and what makes it work as everyone's kind of surviving, managing the best they can. We get introduced to Sebastian Shaw in this issue. We get to learn a little bit more about Jean Grey and Graydon Creed. Graydon Creed's relationship to his father, Sabretooth. Just a lot of cool character connections. Roberto Della Torre is really finding his groove on art in this. He's really finding a way to convey the story amongst the kind of dark and the murk and the shadows. So like I said, this, this is a different kind of book. It's not your traditional follow the hero, see him fight a bad guy book. It's a bigger, larger scope epic thing, and I'm really digging it. So I hope you guys do as well. This week we have Amazing Spider-Man number 685. Next chapter of Ends of the Earth, a gigantic event going the on. Earth. Dan, Slott the was, Earth. Dan Slott was in here yesterday talking about Ends of the Earth. Fun fact. Yeah. For all you Benedict Cumberbatch fans out there, he had a, a show called Ends of the Earth, and Dan Slott brought comics with Ends of the Earth, part of the series, in to give to Benedict Cumberbatch when he and Stephen Moffat were in the office. 
and it was really great. They had a fun little interaction, and I think there's some photos online. We're going to have more photos soon. But that was kind of neat. Back to the comic, you know, the war between Doc Ock and Spider-Man is just escalating further and further. Doc Ock finally sort of shows his hand, shows that he's just a bad dude. He's really sick. He looks gross in this. Umberto Ramos does a great job in conveying how just disgusting Doc yeah. Ock looks as he's, his health is failing. We get some really crazy cameos. Big Hero 6, Sabra. Union Jack. Jack. Union Jack we love. Kangaroo, Titanium Man. There's a great ominous text box in this big two-page spread about maybe some bad stuff is happening. To kind, of, kind of the caveat is that the Avengers, X-Men, and Fantastic Four are all... Well, the Avengers have been defeated. Yeah. The X-Men and the Fantastic Four are both busy. So Spider-Man's dealing with this huge world-threatening crisis with just Black Widow and Silver Sable as his only allies. The world thinks he's gone rogue because Dr. Octopus is convinced of that. So he can't call on any of his usual backup. So these are like the best people available. Union Jack and Sabra and Big Hero 6 and them. So it's kind of cool to see them get a chance to step up, but it's also with stakes this high, these guys aren't used to playing on that kind of stage, so it's very dangerous. Yeah. Help us, kangaroo. Yes. Our only hope. <laughs> and then it ends with some really bad stuff happening. But you have to check out the Ends of the Earth special. It's coming out soon. And the continuation of the event. It's just big, big, crazy, fun, spidey stuff. Round three of Avengers vs. X-Men out this week. Written, taking the lead this time on writing is Ed Brubaker. Art, once again, by John Romita Jr. We had the big first Avengers vs. X-Men actual fight salvo in issue number two, which Blake and myself talked with Nick Lowe and Tom Brevoort about in our episode 26.5 podcast earlier this week. Check that out. You can get more on that. But this is kind of after the smoke is cleared, Hope has vamoosed. She has run away, and now both the Avengers and the X-Men need to track down Hope. So it's gone from a fight to almost like a scavenger hunt across the world. They're going to all the big Marvel Universe locations. It all gets set up here. We'll probably see the payoff of that. Well, we'll definitely see the payoff of that in the coming issues as the Avengers and the X-Men are going to spar these different locations. In this, we get more of kind of hope on the run. We get into her mindset. And a lot of this issue focuses on Wolverine, how Wolverine has a very different perspective on all of this from anyone. He was an X-Man. He is an Avenger, whereas the Avengers want to contain hope and the X-Men want to preserve her, Wolverine thinks the only way to stop the Phoenix is to kill Hope. And that brings him into conflict, not just with the X-Men, but also in this issue with Captain America and the Avengers. So we see how their conflict plays out. The stakes continue to be super high in this. And the, the, really the thing I love about AVX right now is we're into issue three. So much has already happened, but even though we've already had one big war, one big fight, things keep on going. The fight is not the whole story. There's more stuff going on. We get issues like this where there's some philosophical differences, but you also get a great Captain America versus Wolverine, just hardcore smackdown. They pull no punches. It's brutal. John Meter Jr. draws the heck out of it. And biggest fan of the year continues to live up. Very excited to see where it goes next. Of course, you got the AR in this. You've got the free digital copy. You've got all the bells and whistles. But at the bottom, you've got a great story, great art, great stuff. Yeah, pretty cool. Sure was, Ryan. I dug it. Speaking of Avengers vs. X-Men, Avengers vs. X-Men begins to tie into Avengers Academy beginning this week with issue number 29 by Christos Cage and Tom Grummet. We open this issue with a naked Hercules. 
Just let that sink in for a moment. Hercules in all. Here, let me open the comic for you so you can you can see what I'm talking about. There you go. Oh, I read it this Look at morning. that. Look at that hair. Look at those well-placed word bubbles. You like that, Blake? Yeah, you do. Blake's nodding his head. Anyways, Hercules is a guest right. instructor of Avengers Academy. That's more the setup. The Avengers have kind of captured, kind of taken in some of the younger mutants who are on Utopia. They need a place to keep them, basically like a child protective services type thing. They want them out of the conflict. They don't want them getting hurt. This is people like the former new X-Men, the former cast of Generation Hope. So people like Surge, Pixie, all those folks. And they get dropped in Avengers Academy. Madison Jeffries and Kavita Varao from our much-loved ex-club are there as almost chaperones. So it's weird because it's almost like they're prisoners of war in a way, but this is also almost like a school trip. Yeah. It's like a sleepover type deal. So there's not a lot of fighting in this issue. It's really just the Avengers Academy kids and the X-Men kids as well as some of the instructors from Avengers Academy and, of course, the ex-club members I mentioned clashing ideologically. Some of them get along. Some of them don't. Christos Grage, as he's shown with his Runaways crossover with some other stuff, is great at just writing teen drama. He does it all here. Also, some really big moments for X-23, who obviously was a member of the X-Men, went over to Avengers Academy, wanted to get away from all this. She has a confrontation with Wolverine that's very interesting. I love Tom Grummet's art. Loved it since I was a kid. So this is a different kind of ABX tie-in. It's focusing on different characters, not necessarily fighting up front, but by the end of the issue, you know there's going to be some conflicts coming up. Yeah. It's one of those books you don't need to read it. You won't miss out on ABX if you don't read it. But if you do read it, it does give you a really cool perspective on the events that are unfolding throughout the main series. Uh, it was really cool. And it had some great character moments in there. As Christos always has in Avengers Academy, but great character moments for a bunch of the characters. On to Daredevil, number 12. Uh, one of our favorite books. This yeah. one, we've got art by Chris Somney, mm -hmm. who... I absolutely adore. He is incredible. Just so good. Color art by Javier Rodriguez, as usual, who is just the master. This is a gorgeous, gorgeous issue. It's cool because you get background on Matt Murdock and Foggy Nelson's history together. That's the core of the issue, surrounded by some stuff with Matt and his new lady friend, Kirsten McDuffie, as well as some things that are flowing over from the previous story, the Omega Effect stuff, and how that's going to affect Daredevil and the people he loves and his life going forward. Great story. It's definitely something you can pick up if you're not reading Daredevil regularly. It does catch you up to speed. And again, it's gorgeous. It's befitting that this art is in this book because you're, it stands toe-to-toe, -to -toe, head and shoulders, just same right there with Marcos Martin and Paolo Rivera. And the entire art team is a perfect addition to the series. Love, love, love it. Yeah, it's cool because, you know, obviously Matt Murdock and Foggy Nelson is one of the oldest relationships in the Marvel Universe, one of the oldest friendships. And we've gotten bits and pieces of their past before. You know, we know their basic gist, but it's a nice just kind of self-contained, no tight story. But some big building blocks in here. And it's cool that Mark Wade said, I'm going to go ahead and define this. And hopefully they'll use some of this stuff moving forward. In Defenders number six, we've got a story that focuses mainly on Iron Fist and Silver Surfer. You've got some Doctor Strange in there, you've got some Misty Knight, you've got the Immortal Weapons. It's a really cool story because with this whole series, it's unearthing like these really crazy, weird parts of the Marvel Universe and how things tie together. And so in this book, you get some information on a team that existed in the past that 
no one had ever known about before, and an explanation on how they existed and why we didn't know about them. Really cool stuff. If you're an Iron Fist fan, especially Immortal Iron Fist, this is a must-read because it, it really changes the game and, and, and the playing field for the Iron Fist cast and, and you know his, the other immortal weapons and the characters therein. Really cool. I think every issue of Defenders I like more than the last, and that, that's a great sign from a, a good book. All right, we've got Dorothy and the Wizard in Oz, issue six. Another great one by Eric Schenauer, Scotty Young. I don't know. I, what more can I say about this book? I actually bought uh, an original page of Scotty Young's when I was at C2E2. He was selling art from the Oz series, and I bought a page from the previous issue, I think it was, or or it's this issue. I can't remember. No, it, I think it's this issue. For, I, I can't remember because I have it at home. But it's got dragons in it. It's got the whole cast. It's got Eureka the Cat, which is one of my favorite characters in the entire series. It's really great. The cast is trying to escape and get back to Earth, and this pushes them forward. They get back to the kingdom, and they figure out where they're going and what's going on with this series. Again, I've never read these books, the L. Frank Baum originals, but I'm loving this series so much. These guys are doing terrific work. If there were no words, I'd be happy, but Eric does a great job of scripting this out for the comic book page. So good. So, so good. Okay, so this next one, we've been waiting for it. Exiled number one. It is the crossover between New Mutants, which we love, Journey into Mystery, which we love, by Kieran Gillen, Dan Abnett, and Andy Lanny on writing. Love all three of them. And then Carmine D. Gian Domenico, who has a tough-to-pronounce last name, but nailed it because I love his art. And great, great colors by Andy Troy. This is our long-anticipated crossover between two of our favorite books. It starts with the Desir, the handmaidens of Boar, who have been cursed to be these horrible zombie creatures who want to feast on Asgardian flesh. They've been a staple throughout Kieran Gillen's runs on Thor and on Journey into Mystery. They've been manipulated around. Loki's manipulated them. Hela's manipulated them. Mephisto's manipulated them. They've really just been put through, I mean, excuse the expression, they've been put through hell. They've been tossed around. They're incredibly powerful. And a lot of that finally comes home to roost here. Meanwhile, you get the New Mutants set up in San Francisco. They have previous ties to Asgard. Get to see some of their home life here, which is always fun because we love the way these guys write them and their interactions. Uh, some nice little throwaways about, because Mephisto is obviously a player in this book, Magma's relationship with him. But what they're mostly dealing with is they have a, they have a creepy neighbor. They have a creepy neighbor across <laughs> the way. And he is more than what he appears. He has some ties to Asgard. It leads to the Desir getting away from Mephisto. Mephisto calls up Loki. They had a deal. Loki's got a Marshal Thor the Warriors 3, some other Asgardian forces, and basically go after the Desir. Everything ends up crashing against one another. The New Mutants, the cast of Journey into Mystery, this mysterious neighbor, and stuff explodes. It's everything I was hoping for. The humor is there, just funny little moments, whether it's Warlock with his Hell Puppy, or the way that Loki breaks the news to Thor that he named his own Hell Puppy after <laughs> Thor is really hilarious. I'm not going to spoil any of the punchlines. Sunspot talking about the fact that Magma is dating the devil. Danny Moonstar going to talk to their neighbor. The neighbor himself is great. So much great stuff in here. It's witty. It's creepy. It's adventurous. And the art, again, fantastic. Carmine D.G. and Domenico and Andy Troy are going to be doing all five chapters of this crossover, and that's phenomenal because they're doing incredible stuff. Just their panel layout alone, the way they're doing these like 
thin little panels and then they'll go to big explosive ones later. The action's great, the costume's great, the little stuff is great. It's everything I love in New Mutants and it's everything I love in Journey into Mystery. It is really the perfect combination, just like Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Peanut Butter and Chocolate. It's an Avengers sponsor. It's helping you out there. Helping you out. Cut all this. So, it's just this, it's just this, it's, yeah, man, I was just so excited for this book, because I love both these books, and I was worried, oh, what if these two books I love don't go as great together as I thought, but they totally do. The narration is great. Little things that you don't appreciate elsewhere, like they have these huge blocks of text explaining the story. They make that entertaining. These three British guys, Gillen, Abnett, and Lannan, clearly are on the same crazy British page, and... There's a huge twist at the end of the story that basically this was all prologue for what's coming up. But this chapter alone, which is basically all set up, I freaking loved it. So I can keep going. I only have so long on this podcast. Great cover by Stephanie Hans, too. Ah, everything about this book is great. Well said, Benjamin. Yeah, everything. Oh, it's so nice. I love Exiled number one. All right, gather, gather. We've also got this week a book we've been talking a lot about on Marvel.com, and that's Hulk Smash Avengers. It's a limited series going through time, different creative teams, different battles between Hulk and various incarnations of the Avengers. This first issue is written by Tom DeFalco, art is by Ron Friends and Sal Buscema, and it's got basically set right after the Hulk left the Avengers. Hulk, as well as the original Masters of Evil, taking on the original Avengers plus Captain America. It's a great old school tale. It's got some classic art. It's got some conflict for Hulk involving Rick Jones. If you're an old-school Avengers fan, an old-school Hulk fan, or just a fan of the characters, this is something you'll probably enjoy. Over in Invincible Iron Man, we've got the next chapter of the large Matt Fraction, Salvador La Roca, Invincible Iron Man opus as they're kind of winding down their bigger story here. It's Long Way Down, Part 1, and right there on the cover it says Iron Man No More. Basically, after the events of Devil, the last arc, Tony Stark is in a terrible place. He's handling it pretty well. He's pretty chipper still, even though everything's gone to crap. He's very but Tony Stark about he's it. He's very Tony Stark about it. But he's got the Mandarin, Ezekiel Stain, the Hammers, all his revamped enemies all lining up against him. General Babbage has control over his armor, so basically he can power down Iron Man when he's in the middle of stuff. It all kind of comes crashing down here. It really starts to hit him, and he makes the proclamation. It's, you know, it's right there on the cover. Iron Man no more. How does he get there? you got to read to find out. Some really cool Ezekiel Sane stuff here, as he has really gone from being, you know, from when he was introduced at the beginning of Invincible Iron Man, and he was just this crazy, all-out villain who had everything under control. He's now very much under the Mandarin's thumb. He's trying to figure out how to get out of it. We get some good insight into his character here. We get some new villains, some revamped versions of old villains, some great fights, but this is definitely the start of something big, so you're going to want to hop on board Invincible Iron Man number 516. Sasha... Yeah. Who's speaking to Ezekiel and has yeah. a, very, a few lines that are very ominous when I was sure. reading them. I was like, that I just love that little touch that yeah. Matt puts in there and like it made me a little nervous. I was like, and I, she's a horrible character. She's, she's an interesting I mean, she's character. She's a great character, though. but she's, yeah. a, she's an awful person and the things that she's been trying to do to Tony. But I was like, oh man, bad stuff. Bad, bad stuff. mojo. Good book. Bad mojo rising, Blake. What do you got to say about it? Nothing. He's shaking, shaking his head. head. Shaking his head. No you know one can hear on that. Audio podcast. Yeah. Sounds are good. Shrugging now. Yeah. I'll, I'll do the play-by-play on Blake's Thanks. actions. Real helpful. All right. Up next is 
Marvel's The Avengers, The Avengers Initiative Number One by Fred Van Lenthe and Ron Lim. Now this is a cool tie-in book to the Marvel's The Avengers film. It's a good primer. Yep, totally. It sort of sets up where the characters are before the movie starts and how they, they got to the places that they were in. If you read Barry's Big Week, the prelude comic that does a lot to tie all the previous films together and set it up, this sort of fits in between Barry's Big Week and the film or around it. They all work together. You don't need to read one to get the other, but I think, I think they definitely add a layer of understanding and cool little tidbits around all of it. You get little snippets of Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, and the Hulk having adventures in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that don't take place in their movies. So yeah. it's, it's like DVD extras, totally. and you get to know them a little better. Yeah, it's it's super fun. liked it a lot. I mean, you even get some cool Asgardian stuff in mm-hmm. there. And yeah, really great. Also in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, also by Fred Van Lente, in fact, we've got Marvel's The Avengers Prelude, Black Widow Strikes, number one of three. Like I said, it's written by FVL. It's got art by Neil Edwards and Steve Kurth. This is another set between tale. This is between Iron Man 2 and Marvel's The Avengers, starring the Black Widow. She's on a covert ops mission. Agent Coulson's her control. As she has this kick-ass adventure, we also get to learn a little bit more about her past, a little bit more about her character. Van Lente's really good to get some really cool insight into the character, so if you're actually seeing the movie, you know, if you have this in the background, in the back of your mind, it's like, oh, all right, that's really interesting enough. So, you know, with all these uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe tie-ins, like Ryan was just saying with that one, it really is some cool extra added value when you're seeing the movie. It really just gives you more insight into these characters, more depth, and it's just going to add to your enjoyment of seeing the greatest movie of all time. And I don't say that lightly. No, it really is. It's it's, it's an awesome movie. Incredible movie. Up next, Ultimate Comic Spider-Man, number 10, by Brian Michael Bendis, with colors by Justin Ponsor. And can we just talk about David Marquez for a second? Let's talk about David Marquez. Marquez? Yeah. Dude, I don't even know anymore. Where did he come from? Heaven. Yeah. He basically (laughs) was given to us as comic fans. He was a gift from the heavens, as as they said. Just descended. Here's this guy, David Marquez. Watch this. Boom. Pop, pop. Done. He is amazing, you guys. I don't even know anymore what is going on in this book. It is freaking gorgeous. And I say that being a huge fan of every artist who has been on the series. And you've got Sarah Pacelli. You've got David LaFuente. Chris Somney. Chris Somney. David Marquez is incredible. Like, I want to take this and basically pie-face you with it. I That's why, when you hauled back like that, I was like, ooh, he's going to pie-face Blake with the comic. I don't know why I got so excited. That way you can see it more clearly. Yeah. It's so freaking good. That's I want really every good. one of these panels blown up, and I want to be able to wear it like a dress. I got to say, that's that would look gorgeous, number one. Thank number two, you got to say, man, between David Marquez on Ultimate Comics Spider-Man Isad Rubik on Ultimate Comics Ultimates. The Ultimate Office knows how to get the most out of their artists, man. Just beautiful, beautiful stuff. Oh. Yeah, the story's great. Uh, <laughs> you've got Miles that Morales. That Bendis guy. Uh, yeah, Miles Morales uh, dealing with his uncle. Really great sequence where the, they talk it out, and his uncle makes a good argument. And obviously, Miles is young. He's a little naive. I wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw him. That is the Prowler, his uncle. Yeah. But you can't throw him too far. No, I'm not that strong. Nope. I'm working out, but I've not gotten there yet. Blake, don't give me that. I like Look. the Blake's making notes. Yeah, he's like, Brian, not that strong. Yeah. Thanks a lot. It's going to be in the story of the podcast. But I just, I don't even know. David Marquez, guys, seriously. Yeah. It's a gorgeous It's a gorgeous issue. 
Gorgeous, gorgeous issue. Venom number 17. This is the prologue to the Savage Six story, which is going to see Venom getting his own Sinister Six of sorts, but they're all gross, terrible lunatics, so they're very Venom. It's written by Rick Remender, who has joined this issue by new co-writer Colin Bunn, drawn by Kev Walker from Thunderbolts. Venom Savage Six, we've got Crime Master, we've got Jack-O-Lantern, we've got the Human Fly. Now we've also got Megatac, who is this computer consciousness come to life. I love that guy. Yeah, Megatac. I don't know anything about him. Megatac's powers, he's, he like creates living Tetris, Tetris games. Like real Tetris walls. And even yeah. one of the other characters even makes a comment about yeah, it. Yeah, real life. I want to Jack-O-Lantern does, Jack-O-Lantern, yeah. I love Jack-O-Lantern. Yeah. He's awful, but he's so great. Yeah. And that Megatech guy, I lost my mind. I want more of him. I've also got Death Adder, who doesn't get to do much in this issue, but he's pretty cool. Death Adder, Megatech, Human Fly are all from Rick Remender's Punisher run, where the Hood brought back a bunch of villains who had been killed by Scourge. So that's pretty cool. And you've got Venom kind of busting in on these guys having a meeting as they're meeting up, planning to destroy him. Venom is going through horrible crisis of conscience you know he knows he's becoming addicted to using the suit he's lying to the avengers about it he's just joined the avengers but he basically dons the suit with the plan that he's going to go and kill crime master because crime master knows his secret identity he has threatened to go after his family he's threatened to go after betty brant and he's just going to go and end it but he's super conflicted about it he gets there he's ready to pull the trigger something happens to stop him and that is the impetus for the final member of the savage six who is someone who's very familiar to any Venom fan, not going to spoil it, but that's a pretty good hint right there. And we get the setup for what is going to be, no doubt, a very gruesome, very heart-wrenching story. Rick Remender, as we know, right up there with Jason Aaron in terms of torturing his characters. And Venom's been through the ringer, and certainly Savage Six ahead, it looks like there's no signs of that letting up. So good. Very good issue. Oh, man. Before we continue, just want to make a little note that if you guys hear some weird background noise, there's some sort of drilling or some machining going on here at the Marvel offices somewhere that is around here, and we have no control over that. It's going to happen. Bear with us. Hopefully it won't show up. If it doesn't show up and you think I'm talking crazy, then you're probably right as well. Yeah. Maybe Blake will edit it out. He's a magical guy. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll Finally, see. some words spoken. All right. Wolverine and the X-Men, Alpha and Omega, number five out this week. Final issue of this limited series. The ultimate issue. Yes, the ultimate issue. It's not the pen- We didn't have any penultimates this week, so you got to say the ultimate issue. It's true. By Brian Wood, with art by Roland Boshi, Mark Brooks, and a, a cavalcade of other amazing artists. I do want to say, Roland Boshi really... Did such amazing work yeah. in the series. I, I know you Mark love his Brooks, Rachel. I, you love his Rachel Summers. In I do. I, I love Mark Brooks. He's great. I think Roland Boshi really pushed it up a level for this book, and I think it was great. Yeah, his Rachel Summers is very distinct. Mm-hmm. The very cool looking. The way he draws Quentin Quire. This is so like he's gangly and he's he's looking sickly. And all of his pages in this book have been really great. And in this issue comes to a, a close. Quentin figures out how to sort of fix the quagmire that he's put Wolverine and armor in, and there's a great splash page drawn by Mark Brooks with Wolverine and Quentin Quire that mm. is just, it's like, yes. That's <laughs> if you've been reading this and know their, their history, you want to see that happen. So it was really cool, and it wraps, up, wraps things up, but still leaves the characters in a place that you know is going to let more stories come to light and do some really cool stuff so I, I really dug this series it was fun 
We're going to stay in the X universe for a little while longer. X Factor number 235, written by Peter David, drawn by Leonard Kirk. It's kind of an interesting little plot here. We've, you know, this is something from real life. Normal people who have decided to become real life superheroes. It's something we see on the news and stuff. They've started doing this in the Marvel Universe. One of their guys got killed, as you would expect would happen. It's going to happen, guys. That kind of situation. But, you know, it's actually it's, it's interesting because they make these characters funny, but they're also kind of sympathetic. And, you know, the mother of the victim, the guy who got killed, is just, like, talking about how they get bullied all the time for yeah. just trying to do the right thing. It's very interesting. Anyways, X-Factor gets hired. They go to investigate and Shatterstar and Madrox encounter a new villain. They kind of make their own hokier than usual costumes to try to fit in with this group. Yeah. Shatterstar looks like he did back when he first joined X-Force, which is fantastic. Oh my God. And they say his costume's not basically flashy enough, and he th- says he's thinking of adding shoulder pads. All good stuff. But we also, in this issue, start to see, you know, we've been waiting for this, the leadership struggle between Havoc and Madrox that we knew was coming starts to unfold. And we've got so many members of X-Factor now, got Havoc and Polaris in the mix, we've got Madrox back, we've got everyone else, so you start to see the stuff you love from X-Factor, which is the team drama. They've got eight zillion members on the team, but Peter David knows how to juggle them, he's amazing at it, and we're going to see a lot of stuff coming up between them in the months to come, and also this very cool, unique storyline, and great art by uh, Leonard Kirk, who's one of my underrated favorites. He too looks like he's just stepped it up a bit in the yep. last couple of issues, he's really yeah. great. Might see it, might see him on there for a while. Last but not least, we have X-Men, Objectivist X-Men, number 28, by Victor Gishler and Will Conrad. This is the final arc that Victor Gishler is doing on the book, and he's kind of calling back a lot of his greatest hits. He's bringing back a lot of guest stars from previous arcs. In this issue, we have both Spider-Man as well as the Fantastic Four, the Future Foundation, and it stars Pixie is really the focal point. Pixie has come into conflict with the last remaining scrolls, or among the last remaining scrolls on Earth not counting the scroll who was in your uh, Marvel Christmas story special a couple years ago. Great story by you and Wando. Yeah, you can read it. It's called Last Christmas by myself and Wando. It's available... It's available on Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. Yeah, and and other places. Yeah, so... Anyways, another scrolls left behind from Secret Invasion story. These are interesting scrolls. Some of them just want to go home. One of them still wants to keep going with the mission. You've got Pixie kind of stuck in the situation with them, trying to get help from the X-Men, trying to get help from Spider-Man, trying to get help from the Fantastic Four, more and more heroes getting drawn in, getting involved, and this is going to be quite the swan song for uh, Victor Gishler on X-Men, which is a book that's blown under the radar a lot of times. We've done our best on the podcast to bring it to attention and say what great work Victor and his artists have been doing on this book. And that brings us to a close. So it's time to do Twim of the Week. Hmm... I know mine. What's yours? Even though Avengers vs. X-Men number three rocked it, and I want to give a shout-out to that, Exiled number one is my clear tome of the week. It was almost unfair to the other books. If you put all the stuff that was in Exiled that I love so much, there was no stopping it. I would definitely agree with you on both of those. I'd also throw Daredevil. Yes, Daredevil would be my third. Daredevil would be up there. Yeah. So, trifecta for me. Blake Garris. I'm going to say Daredevil, and since the intern's not here, I'll say Daredevil for the intern. That's not how that works at all, man. The math doesn't work you, out. You know, if you were to say for the intern I put something else, then maybe, but you just giving yourself two votes to counter the intern? That's what, that's what it is. It is what it is? Yeah. Is that how they do things down south? 
Yeah. And up north. And up north now because you're taking over the Blake Karras invasion. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Fantastic. So we've right, got some good books this Make week. Make sure you tweet us using the hashtag This Week in Marvel. Let us know what your tome of the week is. We always like to hear what you guys have. And FYI, I love that this section's become so much easier to do. Every book we just mentioned is available on the Marvel Comics app on your iOS and Android devices. We used to have to list off the ones that yeah. were in, now we just say all of them. They're all on there. You guys want them, you guys got them. Get them all. Balloom. Other comics released on the Marvel Comics wait, app wait, this week? Before we go, What's just up? let the fans know okay. that you get free digital copies with Avengers oh, vs. Yeah. X-Men mm-hmm. and Ultimate Comics Spider-Man. You're right, you're right. I missed that very well. Good catch. Catch. Also on the Marvel Comics app, we've got all five issues of Emma. We've got issues 622 through 626 of Journey into Mystery. The first five issues yes. of Kieran's run on the book. Really great place to start. Great book. Really great. The Sif one-shot from last year. Awesome. That was an awesome one. Issues 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13 of Strike Force Moratori. I said them out of order because as a parting gift to us, Carrie, former intern Carrie, put them in the wrong order in this list she's still haunting us. so that's her final shot at us at ruining this podcast and finally issues number 14 through 18 of uncanny x-force collections on sale this week thanks to max beckman for giving us the list we've got amazing spider-man secret origins avengers art of the avengers hardcover avengers assemble volume three avengers crease scroll war hardcover avengers x sanction hardcover Hulk, Return of the Monster hardcover, Marvel's Avengers Prelude trade paperback. A lot of Avengers stuff this week, rightfully yeah. so. Yeah. You know, I would probably say my Tomb of the Week for collections would be Marvel's The Avengers Prelude, because I really dug that series, and I freaking love the movie, and it is really yeah. a great accompaniment to the film. It's the perfect thing to read going right in. Yeah. Uh, I love Marvel's The Avengers Prelude. Also, Avengers Kree Scroll War is just hugely historically important. It's just a classic Avengers story. But I got such a soft spot for the Kurt Busiek, George Perez Avengers, as you know. Yeah. So I would say Avengers Assemble Volume 3, which has some of their last stories together, is definitely my tome of the week. But I would also recommend Marvel's The Avengers Prelude. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Over on the digital side, collections released on the Marvel Comics app, we've got Avengers Standoff, Black Widow, The Name of the Rose, Thor. Wait, before you go any further. Yes, please. Do you remember the Spider-Man story, Name of the Rose? Oh, yeah, with The Rose. Yeah, Richard Fisk as The Rose. I remember when we were kids, I was reading that, I was like, man, that guy. I was in Web of Spider-Man, right? That's where he had the spider armor. That led to him donning the spider armor. Yes! Oh, that was pretty crazy. I always wondered how the hell, because, you know, everyone got armor in the 90s. Daredevil got armor. I had armor in the 90s. Yeah, you had that great armor that you showed me that one time. But Spider-Man seemed like the counterintuitive one, because he has to swing around, and his webs have to support him, and he had the bulkiest looking armor I've ever seen. It's not like when he got the Iron Spider armor which was just featured on Ultimate Spider-Man, the animated series. That looked really sleek, and it looked like, all right, he can go around it. Also, he could fly, which was cool. The Spider-Man armor from the 90s literally looked like the heaviest, most bulky possible thing. Yeah, he just swung around and did his thing. Because he's Spider-Man. Lasted one issue. Good stuff. That was Spider-Man number 100. Holly, polygraphic, holofloil, oh boy. Blam, 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 all sorts cover. of variants covers, but yeah. yeah. So we got all that. We got Thor by Jurgens and Ramita Jr., Volume 2. Thor Visionaries, Walter Simonson, Volume 1. Read that book. Ultimate Galactus, Volume 1, Nightmare. And Ultimates 2, Volume 1, Gods and Monsters. There's so much good stuff in there. So much, man. You just can't pick one. Yeah. 
All right, so in addition to the Marvel Comics app and the Marvel Web Digital Comics Store. I think we call it the Web Store. That's what I call it. The Marvel Digital Comics Web Store. Yeah, it's got a lot of names. Yeah, you can also get the Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited subscription. And this week we have a ton of new comics, including Avengers Academy number 12, Black Panther, The Man Without Fear, 520, 522, 523. I'm going to assume that 521 is in there as well. We just it's don't in there somewhere. No, I checked this morning. It wasn't uh, It wasn't newly released, so I would assume it's either coming or it's already out somewhere. Sure. Amazing Spider-Man numbers 31 through 35 from the, the 1999 JMS series. series. Yeah. Yep. Avengers Children's Crusade number 7. Captain Britain number 8. Marvel Premiere number 56. X-Factors number 226 and 227. Captain Britain, numbers 9 through 13 from the... Al- is that the Alan Moore stuff? No? I, it's Maybe. either Alan Moore or Alan Davis, because he took over. Right. It's, it's early. It's from 1985, yeah. so it's old school stuff. Yeah, it could it's be good stuff. stuff. It's good stuff, though. Yeah. Also 14 from that run. And Daredevil and Captain America, Dead on Arrival, number one. That was a cool one-shot from a few years back by some uh, European creators. Oh, right. Yeah, a different, yeah, that was very cool. Different flavor. Tits. All right, now that we're done with comics for the week, we're going to go and talk about some other things that are available, new releases and fun stuff. So we'll kick it right over to Strami, who's going to tackle that for us. Hello, this week in Marvel listeners. This is Marvel.com assistant editor Mark Strami Strom coming at you from Los Angeles, as always. And this week is a big week because this week... Marvel's The Avengers finally comes out. I know you're excited. I'm excited. I'll probably be seeing it again this weekend. I've already seen it once, but once is not enough. I need to see this movie maybe like six times, seven times, eight times. I don't know. I'm you know gonna reach at least like six or seven, maybe go past that. We'll see. We'll see how I feel. Once I get to the seventh viewing, but I feel like I'm going to still be feeling pretty good. So, we'll just go from there. Anyway, as you know, Marvel's Avengers out this Friday in regular theaters, in IMAX 3D theaters. It's incredible. It is the Avengers movie you always wanted. In fact, it's so good. It is the Avengers movie you didn't even know you wanted because you didn't even know that an Avengers movie could possibly be this good. I've said it before, but of course, this is Joss Whedon's really just... If you're a Joss Whedon fan, like I am, and you've loved everything he's done before, this is just him to the nth degree starring your mar- favorite Marvel superheroes and it's really a wonder to behold it never lets up the pacing of it is brilliant it's funny it is probably one of the funniest movies I've seen in a very very long time which is funny in and of itself considering it's not meant to be a straight up comedy it is a obviously action adventure superhero movie but he just manages to infuse it with so much humor and heart and i love it i love all the performances every single character has their moment to shine it's just truly a wonder to behold and of course i'll be talking a little bit more about all things avengers very shortly with all of our movie tv and games news for this week 
But before I get to that, I would be loath to not mention the new episodes of Ultimate Spider-Man and Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes this week. Of course, Marvel Universe, our programming block on Disney XD, is on every Sunday, beginning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. This week, we've got a new episode of Ultimate Spider-Man, guest-starring the Hulk, who you may recognize as being one of the Avengers from the movie. So you go to the movie this Friday night, you see the Hulk, you can't get enough Hulk, watch him again on Ultimate Spider-Man. It's a very classic take on the Hulk, a very humorous take on the Hulk, almost. But he's still very much himself. It's a very fun episode. There's a very, very interesting style they use to tell the episode, actually. And I won't say anything more than that. But there is a very neat narrative trick that they do. Apart from that, we also have a new episode of the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, of course in which the Avengers face Korvac, who longtime Avengers fans will remember from the classic Korvac saga from Avengers number 167 to 177. And of course, in that original Korvac saga, you had the time-traveling Guardians of the Galaxy coming to help out the Avengers against the very, very powerful Michael Korvac and in this episode, you also get the Guardians of the Galaxy. Except these are not the original Guardians. These are more akin to the Guardians from the recent Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning run on the series. You get Star-Lord. You get Groot. You get Rocket Raccoon. I mean, it's incredible episode. Any fan of the Guardians, any fan of Marvel Cosmic, any fan of well, obviously, the Avengers is Mightiest Heroes. You'll want to see this episode because it's a ton of fun. It's just a very fun episode. And Racket Raccoon has a, I'm not sure if it's Australian or Cockney accent, but it's brilliant. It's actually the same voice actor who played Rocket Raccoon in Marvel vs. Capcom 3, plays him in Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and that's actually how he got the gig for Marvel vs. Capcom 3, because they recorded that episode before they recorded the bits for Marvel vs. Capcom 3, and one of the producers of the shows recommended the actor to voice Rocket Raccoon to one of the people there in games department. They made happen. It's great. So, again, tune in to new episodes of Ultimate Spider-Man and the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes inside Marvel Universe beginning this Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And that covers everything as far as was in theaters and on TV this week in Marvel. So I'll send you back to Ryan and Ben, and I will speak with you again shortly. Thank you, Stromulus. All right, let's go right into the news. Ben, you start us off. Yes, as I mentioned earlier, Blake and myself sat down with Marvel Executive Editor, Senior VP, Grand Poobah, Tom Brevoort, as well as Senior Editor, Nick Lowe, earlier this week for This Week in Marvel, episode number 26.5. We talked about Avengers versus X-Men number two. We talked about Avengers versus X-Men versus ABX versus number one. We had some great stuff. Been a lot of fun, got some interesting information. Uh, I hope you guys, if you haven't listened already, check that out. More AVX Versus, I spoke with Jeff Loeb, 
who is writing part of issue number three, the Colossus versus Thing fight, as well as Chris Yost, who's also working on that issue for Black Widow versus Magic. And we got some cool preview art from both those fights. Ed McGinnis on the Colossus Thing story and Terry Dodson on the Black Widow Magic stuff. That, those McGinnis pages are ridiculous. Yeah, they're really good. It's I just all... want to punch you in the face, Blake. Because they're so good. I can't believe Blake's face, his beautiful face, makes it through this podcast every week. But that info and those pages are all up on Marvel.com right now. Spoke with Christos Gage not once but twice this week for a all-purpose Q&A about ABX and then also specifically about Avengers Academy. We debuted some pages from Avengers Academy as well as from X-Men Legacy. We Wait, did you title oh, go either on. of those articles Engage and then Re-Engage? Well, you know what? As of this writing... I have not put up the second article, uh-huh. so there's still a chance. You have a little while to persuade me. Re-engage. It's probably not going to happen for SEO reasons, purely. We also I got you with that one. Yeah, so we also broke the news on where Agent Coulson and Nick Fury Jr., who first appeared in Battle Scars, well, the, yeah, first appeared in Battle Scars. They're now in the Marvel Universe. They're going to be showing up in Scarlet Spider next. Agent Coulson, in particular, has a big role in that. We spoke to Chris Yost about that, and we have the first page they're featured in. Check that out. A first look at Mike Diodato's cover, his variant cover for Spider-Man number four, the finale of our Hulk Smash Avengers series, speaking with our old buddy Jim McCann about pitting Mr. Fix-It against who else? The freaking West Coast Avengers, his go-to team. Should be fun, though. Jim pitched me on a whole like story and series yeah. based out of this one issue that he wrote. Yeah, he's pretty excited. Yeah. And finally... Not only our regular freelancer, but our regular Twim listener. Is he a Twim maniac? I don't know. It's kind of conflict of interest. <laughs> Ungaje Tim Stevens comes to us with his latest psych ward on Protector Novar. And that is the comics news for this week. Cool. Additionally, if you guys have been following us on the Twitters and the blogs and the, all the other stuff, you know we've got a bunch of really great guests come through the Marvel offices in the past week. We had Danny Kuri from Community, who plays Abed, uh, the humorous character Abed on the sitcom Community. He was a delight. He was incredible. Super duper, way fun, Yeah. awesomely funny, really accommodating. Everybody wanted a photo with him, everybody wanted to say hi. It was really great, and he was just super ecstatic to yeah. have so many fans here. Very quick-witted, too. Like, anyone shot a joke at him or a little line he came right back he's yeah. a smart dude very nice there's some great photos up on your blog right now yeah. of all sorts of stuff including one where we were filming the podcast and blake completely photobombs the picture yeah good job he's so proud of this yeah. not danny pooty with blake there's also a picture of blake and danny pooty where danny pooty looks three times more excited to be standing next to blake than blake does to be standing next to him which i just don't get yeah never will whatever you're a big star. If you go to marvel.com slash agent underscore M, you can check out the photos from Danny's visit. And we'll have that podcast up in the coming weeks. Blake and I and Ben are working on scheduling out all the point .5 interview podcasts. We have about 12 yeah. of them. We've been very fortunate. Pipe. Very yeah. fortunate. We're spoiled with point .5 options. Yeah, so I, I want to try and break it out between these sort of celebrity yeah. guests we have come through and comic-themed ones and, and stuff. Yeah, we've that, still got Brevoort and Lowe every two weeks, so... Yeah. Or every three weeks, because there's, as they remind me, there's five weeks in May, so that's going to throw everything out of whack. Dun, dun, dun. I don't know what we're going to do. But in addition to Danny Pudi, yesterday we had Benedict Cumberbatch and Stephen Moffat come through, which was a delight and a pleasure for everyone except for Ben. Ben doesn't watch Sherlock. It was a 
it was a not not a pleasure. I just they had limited time. Okay. I don't watch Sherlock or Doctor Who. I've I'm very curious and hope to soon. But uh, they were coming through. I knew that eight million people who wanted to see them, so I just politely stayed at my computer and it's, worked. It's true. We had Jana O'Shea, our social media coordinator, basically taking over the seat next to yeah. Blake, so she could have the first opportunity to get a photo. With she was very them. cool once they got there, though. She, she totally was very was. very she was smooth. Great. But yeah, Benedict plays Sherlock Holmes in the BBC slash PBS masterpiece show Sherlock. Stephen Moffat is co-creator, co-producer of Sherlock as well as the head writer and mm-hmm. showrunner, executive, whatever you call it, for Doctor Who. So me, I totally geeked out about yep. that. It was super fun. Dan Slott had, had found out about it, so <laughs> he was here to meet them. Geeked out like crazy. Yeah. It was great. He was, he was running around telling stories for the rest of the day. Oh, man. And we, we basically hit his... Amazing many... Spider-Man's going to be late next month. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> we saw as many people as we could and gave them big stacks of books. I asked Janine Schaefer and Nick Lowe, the X-Men editors, to actually co-host the podcast with me. Janine is a huge fan of Sherlock and of Benedict. Uh, Nick is a huge fan of basically Stephen Moffat and everything he's done. He says that Coupling, Stephen Moffat's old BBC show, is his favorite show of all time. So they were super excited to sit down with them. We had a great podcast. That interview will be up in the coming weeks. Photos will be up probably in the next week or so as I get through and we get past some Avengers stuff. But really, guys, they were amazing. They were as cool, as fun, as nice, as welcoming to all the fans that we have here, as you can imagine. So it was, it was really fun to have them here. Last week, we had the Avengers screening. The entire Marvel office in New York was at. I've seen it twice now. I will. I never go pay for our movies in the theater because I always see them once or twice before they come out. I'm just, I'm being honest. I've already You're seen honest. them. That's fine. I am going to pay to see Avengers in yeah. the theater again. My parents are coming to visit me this weekend, so I'm going to go see it with them. I'm really excited to see it with them. My dad's been calling me for weeks, talking about all the Avengers coverage he's seen and how excited he is, so I can't wait to watch it again with them. You know, there's a distinct feel to seeing it with the Marvel crowd, of course, because we cheer a little louder than everyone else, and, you know, we know all the jokes, so that's fun, and it's fun to see it with normal people, but this was just, man, this was just head and shoulders. Just so good. Yeah. So, so good. It, it raised the bar for all of the superhero movies, our own included, mm-hmm. to come. I mean, it's just... Trust in Joss. Yeah. That's all I gotta say. You know, when we had the uh, .5 podcast earlier this week, Nick Lowe pointed out that before Joss Whedon worked with Nick on Astonishing X-Men and Runaways, he had never directed an Avengers movie. And then after working with Nick, he got to direct an Avengers movie, so he's taking full credit. Fair for, enough. For the movie. Yeah. Not just for Joss, but Nick, for everything. Nick knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that, of course, segues to your next item and what we'll have for the fans later this week. Yeah, so tonight... We are interviewing Tom Hiddleston. I've been emailing with Tom to coordinate some things, and he's really funny, great, super nice guy. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get a little time to talk to him, uh, and that will go up hopefully Friday of this week. We're going to get a little love from iTunes to promote the podcast, so Blake's going to be all over that, editing it like crazy and getting it ready and up and awesome. Three episodes of This Week in Marvel this week. Give a hand to Blake, everybody. Blake Garris. He hasn't gotten it done yet, so this is just extra added pressure. Good job. But yeah, Avengers special. Yeah, it's Avengers special. Uh, Avengers special podcast. Mr. Hiddleston, Uh, I'm going to pull some questions from Twitter, and we're just going to talk about Avengers. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. 
finally, uh, for my section, Avengers Alliance, there are new movie costumes. Blake, you yeah. put a story together about this. This was Blake's deal. Why don't you give us some details? After, especially after all the insight he offered last week on Avengers Alliance, which I think we then cut from the final version of the podcast. I believe so. Yeah. I think they looked awesome, and they looked like the movie. What does? The Avengers Alliance costume. Yeah? What characters? They actually look really good. The, uh, yeah, they're really good. The one that looks the best is probably Black Widow. It's like spot on. Captain America looks good. And one's a blaster. I forget which one and all the fun things. I saw when I checked this morning, which it's Wednesday right now, that Black Widow and Hawkeye are available now. So I'm assuming they're rolling them out like one a yeah. day. So Black Widow and Hawkeye are available now, but you're going to get Thor, Iron Man, Cap, and Hulk. Get all of them? Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Nice job, Blake. And they are actually, they have cool powers when you have one of them on a team. They give you a certain perk for your whole team. Nice. If you have two of the movie characters on your squad, you actually get another bonus to your group when you battle with them. So definitely very cool and pick them up if you can. I leveled up, because this is our Avengers Alliance section of the podcast. I leveled up Hulk to uh, eight this week. And got his ability where he just throws a giant rock and hits everybody yeah. and stuns everybody. It's also up there with, like, I got Doctor Strange up recently. Just not even a level 8. Just his third ability where he can basically put a whammy on all three guys. It's called the Vapors of Valtor. Oh, yeah. And it just it t- it takes so much damage away. Yeah. Doctor Strange is awesome in that game. Yeah, he's great. He's uh, very versatile. I've got, I think, currently Captain America is going to level 10. Mm. He's training right now. I've got Hulk almost ready to train a level 12. Mm. Got Spidey at level 10. She-Hulk is ready to train to 10. I'm building them up faster than I can possibly train them. Yeah. And it's great. I mean, it's, it's love that game. Great game. Yeah. All right. Now we're going to kick it over to Strami for more news. Hello again this week in Marvel listeners. This is Strami returning to you from Los Angeles to talk about all the news in Marvel movies, TV, and games for this week. And, as you would expect, a lot of our news is Avengers-related. There's tons of new TV spots we've been running on Marvel.com. I think we've run at least one new spot every day this week. That sounds about right. We showed off a new featurette that talks about the threat Loki poses to the Avengers and just why it would take all of Earth's Mightiest Heroes to come together to face him. We had news that Marvel's The Avengers obviously opened up in several international territories beginning April 25th, and in its first weekend worldwide, it made $185.1 million, which is fantastic. Clearly, everyone else around the world is as excited about the Avengers as I'm sure you are. You will, of course, get to see it yourselves this Friday, and uh, again, my excitement can't be contained, and I am just... So, for those of you who have not seen it yet, I am so happy for you, because I wish I could go back to that state of bliss of just experiencing it for the first time all over again. We've been bringing you exclusive behind-the-scenes photos every day this week, a new photo every day. We start out with a rather killer shot of Samuel L. Jackson and Kobe Smulders on set on board the helicarrier deck. 
They, of course, played uh, Nick Fury and Maria Hill in the movie. We also had a shot featuring Jaws Whedon and Mark Ruffalo going over some script pages. We had a shot of Jaws Whedon sort of doing his Jaws Whedon thing and behind the scenes directing everything. And we'll have two more coming today if you're listening to this on Thursday and tomorrow. So keep your eyes peeled for those. We also just wrapped a podcast with Tom Hiddleston. Ryan, Ben, and I spoke with Tom about the Avengers, obviously, and just uh, asked him a lot of your questions, actually. A lot of you fans tweeted in questions, and we were sure to throw in and ask him as many of those as we possibly could. It was a ton of fun. I'm sure Ryan and Ben have mentioned this. We talked to him while he was boarding a plane to go back home to England. We also talked about everything else Avengers that is out there. You can look for that on Friday, I believe. Yes, I believe it'll be up on Friday. We brought you a photo gallery from this past weekend's red carpet event at the Tribeca Film Festival in New York. Marvel's The Avengers closed the festival and a lot of the stars were in attendance. Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth, Kobe Smulders, Mark Ruffalo, Clark Gregg were all there. We have a ton of great photos taken by our intrepid photographer and web designer, Judy Stevens, who did a great job. You can check out that full gallery on marvel.com right now. We also brought you some photos from the floor of the New York Stock Exchange where Clark Gregg and Tom Hiddleston rang the opening bell on Tuesday morning. And they also posed for some photographs with some fellow Marvel superheroes. Apart from that, of course, Avengers, Avengers, Avengers. Uh, we had play more Avengers stuff that I am probably forgetting. Uh, this weekend, worth noting, May 3rd to the 6th at Gallery 1988 Melrose, they will have a exhibit of Avengers-inspired art that all looks incredible. So if you happen to live in Los Angeles and you have the time, you should definitely make it out. I'll be there because I can walk there from my apartment, so really I have no excuse for not going and seeing the incredible artwork. But over in the world of Marvel games, we actually have two sales going on right now for some Marvel mobile games. First up, Marvel Pinball, which if you haven't played, shame on you. Of course, Marvel Pinball is available on the PlayStation Network and the Xbox arcade but there's also a mobile version that you can download for your ios or android phones go to the apps and you download the zen pinball app and within that you can buy different marvel tables three for each version i believe four and wolverine are available on both and then on iTunes, I believe you can get the Captain America table as well, and for the Android, you can get the Fantastic Four table. All of those tables are now 99 cents for this week only, so you can go, you can get them, you can get hours of enjoyment and pinball fun out of 
each of them, go check out just 99 cents. Also for 99 cents, we have the Captain America and Thor mobile games for your iOS devices, your iPads, iPhones, iPad Touches, or I'm sorry, iPod Touches. Those are Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty, and Thor, Son of Asgard. These were originally released about a year ago, but if you haven't had a chance to play them, you can get them both for $0.99 cents each right now. Again, this week only. Head on into your app store and download them now. They're great fun. They're highly enjoyable. And, you know, next time you're stuck in traffic, it will give you something to do. I redact that statement. Please do not play video games while stuck in traffic. That is bad, and you will get ticketed, and I by no means condone it. But if you ever catch yourself with some downtime, wherever you are, it's a great way to sort of just have some fun. And with that, I think I am done for this week. So I will send you back to Ben and Ryan once more again. This is This Week in Marvel. I am Marvel.com Assistant Editor Mark Strom, a.k.a. Stromy. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Stromy. Send me your questions. Send me anything you are wondering. Send me your life thoughts. Tell me how your day is going. Send me pictures of your dogs or cats. I love dogs and cats. And with that, I send you back to Ben and Ryan. Have a wonderful week. Go see Avengers this weekend. You will enjoy it. I guarantee it. In fact, go see it three times this weekend. Go see it Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There's no excuse for not seeing it three times. I know I will be seeing it probably twice at the very least. So, adieu, and I will speak to you again next week. Thank you, Stromy. All right, so now it's time for This Week in Marvel questions and comments. Again, you can send your questions and comments to us to talk about and answer on the podcast by using the Twitter hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel. You can also tweet to at Agent underscore M, at Ben J. Morse, at Blake Garris, and at Strami. Jump right into it. First one is from Jedi Masketeer, says he's catching up on This Week in Marvel podcast. Yes, he was the one who said he's a Twimomaniac at C2E2. Thank you, Aljamon. Brad the YM tweets, How does the idea for the Marvel AR app happen? And how does Marvel pick content for the AR app? I'm involved in the AR app on the very fringe. It's interesting how everything comes together. It's a very elaborate and involved process. Basically, I'm on an ongoing email thread with Judy Stevens, who's kind of the point person on everything. Our video team from Marvel.com, who do all the legwork. And then, you know, everyone from Tim Dillon to the editors to Axel Alonso, editor-in-chief. Basically, as things go, Judy will look over the script. I'll look over the script. The video guys will look over the script for that particular issue and say, all right, this would be a cool place to show the transition between pencils to inks to colors. Uh, If they look at the art, I mean, Judy does the bulk of this. And then they'll pick out some characters who are important to the issue and we'll do bios for those characters. But then also they look for different stuff where there's opportunities to do some sort of video on-screen stuff. Like I know uh, in issue number three, I think it is, we had an actual doctor come in and basically diagnose Wolverine's injuries. 
which I thought was a very cool thing. But it yeah. was they're basically just saying Judy's reading the script and sees, oh, Wolverine gets really messed up in this issue. Let's get a doctor to do this. Yeah. So it's stuff like that. And then the process of actually getting done. I've, I've been doing a lot of the scripting of the bios and also the intros. Uh, Axel Alonso works on it heavily. We have all the creators filming themselves on their webcams and sending it in. And then the video guys just pound the pavement, get everything done. They're really under the gun. It's really challenging because this book comes out every two weeks. So there's a lot of deadlines, but they've been hitting them really well. And I think the AR app is really cool. Yeah. I'm actually going with the crew to the American Museum of Natural History for an upcoming AR app execution. Super cool because American Museum of Natural History is one of my absolute favorite places to go in New York City. So that should be super fun. Yeah. I think we may be doing something with NASA at some point, too. Awesome. It's in the planning stages, so that may or may not come to be, but a lot of cool AR stuff. Another one from at Brad the YM. He says that at Lonely Elephant and he are having a debate over who is more powerful, Sentinel or Franklin Richards. A Sentinel? Even, Sentinel, like in Avengers Assume, Academy? Well, I'm guessing a Sentinel? Or like the Sentinel. Or if, either way, the answer is if Franklin Richards is motivated and he knows what he's doing, he has control over his power, there are not many beings in the Marvel Universe, period, who are more powerful than Franklin Richards. Yeah. And if he's under a threat, like sentinel or a sentinel might pose my money would be on franklin richards totes at lope 187 tweets got to see a sneak peek of marvel's the avengers on may 1st possibly the best superhero movie ever joss is the man possibly yeah brent thank you for the kind word but it definitely is the best superhero movie ever at kate underscore rogue tweets never understood agent m saying he wanted to punch things he liked just saw avengers and now i do wonder who was on the receiving end of that happiness punch. No, 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 no. It's not that you you don't actually have to do well, the Well, you don't, you just, but you don't know if Kate Rowe might have. The feeling overcomes you, and you just want to break something because you're so excited I understand, but you've spent years Hulk-like honing your control. Some of these newbies to this feeling might not be able to control themselves. But thank you, Kate. At Immortal Thor 99 tweets, any plans for another volume of Marvel Index? Still need Fantastic Four and Hulk done. I don't know. I mean, we've been putting them out pretty regularly, so I would guess they're still coming. I know they finished the Wolverine Punisher Ghost Rider one recently, and I haven't seen one since, so stay tuned on that, and maybe we'll try to get you some information for a future podcast. Possible. Yeah. At Epoch252 tweets, went to see Avengers today. Loved every minute of it. And then the next day, Epoch252 tweets, still buzzing after going to see the Avengers yesterday morning. David, we are super glad that you love the movie as much as we do. How do you see it in the morning? Interesting. It could be in another country. Yeah, it's true. It's true. All right. At HWView tweets, can't wait to see Avengers and hear your review on the best comic book podcast on the net this week in Marvel. That's us. Thank you, Haywood, Very so nice. much. We super appreciate that. Thank you so much. At Ian Wright 689 tweets, in what universe does Spider-Men take place? Well, Ian, that would be giving away the game, so to say, but needless to say, it will affect both the Marvel Universe and the Ultimate Universe, regardless of where it takes place. Yeah, so read the story. Mm -hmm. You will get more information. The Spider-Man starts in June, so it's coming up fast. At Comics Dude 1 tweets, Two of the week, it was a tough choice. Of all the ABX tie-ins I've bought this week, it will have to go to New Avengers 25. Solid choice. Yep, that was last week. Yep. Thanks, Lucas. At Dirty Lash tweets, 
Should I change my Twitter name to a superhero name? Was thinking of Captain Britain or my alter ego, Squirrel Boy. Help. You should absolutely change your Twitter name to Squirrel Boy. Only because that will make you Stromy's new arch enemy. And I want to see that. And I say, Mark Smith, a.k.a. Dirty Lash, don't change your Twitter name. You've built yeah, up this. that's true. You've built up your name. You are who you, you are. You are Dirty Lash. You don't need... Dirty Lash could be your superhero name. That's true. You are Dirty Lash. I got caught up in the excitement there. I apologize. But yeah, Dirty Lash. You've established yourself as a key Twimomaniac. Can't keep that. At Mike Villader tweeted, Laughed out loud several times during this week in Marvel episode 25. Our silver anniversary episode. Yes, it was. And learned a lot about Marvel Comics as usual. All in all, A plus sewed. Ooh, I like that. Sewed. Apostrophe S-O-D-E's. I did not realize that that was the slang for saying episode. I think with the advent of Twitter, people have had to abbreviate more and more things to get it into their tweets. So, you know, all for it. Fair enough. Thanks, Mike. At PCE underscore dead meat tweets. Favorite moment of Avengers? I don't want to spoil say, anything yet. No, you got to see it for yourself. The last 45 minutes of the movie, yep. maybe? Yeah, it's. <laughs> I, yeah, I have it in mind, but I'm, I'm not going to yeah, say it on the podcast. Can't say that, yeah. At Laser Mountain Monster tweets, who in the Marvel Universe would make the best apple pie? I would say Aunt May. I don't know. I feel no. like Aunt May is she very... She makes great wheat cakes. That's what I was going to say. She's very focused in her field. She's very specialized. Mm. So I don't know. Who... Do any Marvel Universe characters, are they chefs in their civilian identity? If not, there should be. Yeah. C.B. Sobolski should create them. I wish we could get the Swedish chef into... <sighs> com- not yeah. that he would make a great apple pie, but just he so might. That we could use the Swedish chef. Yeah, Aunt May, I feel like Apple Pie is out of her wheelhouse a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. I don't know. Someone who's into catering or desserts. Maybe the blob. <laughs> yeah. Because he has no powers anymore, but he probably still yeah. enjoys a good Apple Pie. Before I continue on, seeing some more tweets from listeners whose Twitter names I don't know, and we're always happy to hear from new listeners and mm-hmm. new, new folks who are joining This Week in Marvel. Thank you, guys. You know what? Before we move on, I'm going to jump back to this Apple Pie question because it's important. Knowing my friend Blake Garris here... I mean, apple pie is like a southern staple, right? You guys do it great. It's called cobbler down there or whatever. It's called apple pie. Okay, cobbler sorry. Is sorry cobbler to upset you. But regardless, I got to think maybe it would be someone like Cannonball. I feel like Cannonball's great in the kitchen, and we just don't know it. I'm going to go with Cannonball. Why are you shaking your head at me, Blake Cannonball. Harris? What? Who would you say, Mr. I like Aunt May. Swedish Chef would be terrible. <laughs> he just throw whole apples into the pie. Do you have something pie. that isn't just... Ripping off of some of the the names that we've given. No, I'm just gonna judge your the ones <laughs> yeah. you guys pick. All problems, no solutions. That's Cannonball. Blake Garris. Cannonball, man, thinking outside the box. All right. At Sir Bestow tweets, loving the print books with digital copy. And Paul, we are glad you're loving them because we are loving them too. I tend to take all the digital copies and give my print issues to Blake, who then gets to read comics, which is great. <laughs> This is good for him. Yeah. At Sir Best Out tweets, I'm able to gift books to my girls while keeping an eye on what they are reading. Talking about the print books and digital copies. Yep. Super, super great. Thank you for enjoying them. At QI underscore Hulk Up tweets, the Manimal comment from a couple episodes ago was a response to us trying to figure out if Quincy was a guy name or girl name. Oh, man, like, like I'm a man. man. I'm all. I'm all. I think it was a little lost on us, Quincy. Are we going to assume Quincy is a guy then? I suppose so. I guess so. Yeah. All right. Moving forward. Quince. Right. I like that. At QI underscore Hulk Up says, 
ABX versus number two, Cap versus Gambit. That better be a two-hit fight. Cap hitting Gambit, Gambit hitting the floor. What, what? It does seem a little lopsided, but again, when we had Nick in here for the AVX versus, he insisted that Gambit has his attributes. I was reading ahead, and I read the uh, Wolverine the X-Men issue coming out next week, which is a tie-in, and you actually get to find out what draws Gambit into the fight, like why he leaves the school to go into the fight. You're going to love it. You're going to love the reasoning. I'm sure I will. It's fantastic. <laughs> Jason Aaron is a genius. Because a lot of a lot of people from Wolverine and the X Men, you know, because we know coming up in fights, we see that some of the members of Wolverine's team are involved in upcoming fights. And Wolverine and the X Men next week, you find out why a lot of them decide to basically join up with Cyclops's side, and they all have very deep, very heartfelt reasons. And then Gambit has a just a great reason. Terrific. At the Ninja nineteen ninety one tweets, my new favorite show is Ultimate Spider Man. Spidey put the living laser in the superhero squad world. Lol. That was funny. That was very funny when they had the little cameo from the superhero squad on a previous episode. Perfect. Bunch more from at the Ninja 1991. Tweets, so what up with the Deadpool movie? As far as I know, there is no Deadpool movie. Unless we report about such a movie on Marvel.com, then it does not exist in any way that we have any movement on. So that goes for any character movie. Only things that we have reported on and say are officially happening. At the Ninja1991 tweets, Why is it that Spidey never just stands normal when he is just talking to someone? He is normally on the wall or something. Wait, dude, if you could walk yeah, on walls true. and walk upside down and hang from a thread of spiderweb, would you not do that at every single chance you could take? I would. I'd record this podcast upside down yeah. and eating a donut. That said, I have to reiterate once again, we do not encourage anyone to try web swinging. It's true. As we have said many times on this podcast. It's true. At the Ninja 1991 tweets, who has more money, Batman or Iron Man? Uh, I don't know who this Batman is, but Iron Man is definitely full of money. Well, I think Iron Man probably has less money because he's spending all his money to help the world as yeah. opposed to hoarding it like some sort of yeah. selfish cretin. Yeah, some awful person hiding yeah. in a cave or some such. Yeah, well, who lives in a cave? Sorry, Blake never, sorry, Blake. He doesn't really live in a cave. What? He doesn't really live in it. Blake, I don't know. stop. I don't Just know. stop defending him. At the Ninja 1991 tweets, Going to see the Avengers on May the 1st before most people. Yes. Well, good. Before most people. Yeah. You you can enjoy that. Although most of the world outside of the U.S. has also seen it before you. So yeah. don't rub it in people's faces when they can just rub it back. All right. At Simon Sebs tweets, What music should have been playing during Peter and Johnny's Night on the Town in FF number 17? Boys oh, are back in town. That's good if, yeah. you're, if you're Ben. Or if you have taste, you know? <laughs> I don't know, man. Any 80s soundtrack could really do it for me. Come on, Eileen. You know I love that. Yeah. Blake, you do not scrunch your face up. I will put you through a wall. Scrunching I love everything. that song. It doesn't work for them, though. It doesn't work for them. It works, period. It's a good song, but it doesn't. It's the best song. What would yours be? When your bro's coming in town, you play yours? Come on, Eileen. Yes. What would you play? Oh. dances around. What would you play? <laughs> Billy Ocean. You play The Gambler? Well, Kenny Rogers, some Dolly Parton? No. And eat cobbler. The Judds. <laughs> and eat cobbler. Yeah. What about Billy Ocean? Ooh, any Billy Ocean. There it is. Trying to nail down an answer. Blake Maybe cares. some Van Halen. Ooh, Van Halen. We're rocking good. out. Yeah. Driving real fast. Anyway, we're, 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 we're <laughs> getting, getting lost. lost here. <laughs> At Simon Sebs tweets, 
I'm trying to get my seven-year-old cousin interested in comics. What are some good all-ages trade paperbacks? Any of the Marvel Adventures digests? It's a good place to start. Yeah. Any of the Dorothy stuff, the Wizard of Oz stuff, Spider-Girl, all that stuff. If you go to a bookstore and you go to the comic section, you're going to notice that there are digest-sized books that are smaller than most of the larger books. That's how we stock a lot of our all-ages readers' books. So, of course, look at the cover to make sure you're not picking up something that's not all-ages, but that's a good place to start. Yeah. And, you know, find out what characters he or she likes yeah. and sort of work it from there. Seven-year-olds can really enjoy a lot of comics. Try to get it very specific and hit them with the characters that they like most. At Simon Sepp's tweets, who is your favorite writer of Black Panther? Oh, man. A lot of good ones. Jonathan May Mayberry had a great run. Mm -hmm. David Liss. David Liss had a great run. Jason Aaron's three-issue Secret Invasion storyline mm -hmm. was incredible. I just mm -hmm. want to rip that apart. It's a really good one. so good. Christopher Priest. Christopher Priest. Classic. Oh, man. Totally. Reggie Hudlin was on Reggie there for Hudlin, a while. Great. Jack, okay. Classic Jack Kirby mm -hmm. stuff. There's a lot. Yeah, there's, there's a lot, lot to cover. To lots to cover. At Simon Sebs, will Black Panther be getting another solo series in the near future? Not in the immediate works, but you can check him out in Avengers vs. X-Men. He plays a prominent role. Another one from Matt Simon Sebs. Whose senses are more acute, Daredevil or Wolverine? Well, Wolverine has an acute sense of smell... But that's, he doesn't he, have it. He can hear pretty well. He can hear, he can see, but not like Daredevil levels. No. Like yeah. Daredevil overall has the more acute senses. Yes. That's his superpower. Yeah. Don't take that away from him. Yeah, that's what, that's, that's what he's got. At Swagpool tweeted. It's like taking Cobbler away from Blake. Yeah, you can't do that. That's what he lives on. At Swagpool tweeted, death to all who downloaded the Avengers. You are not true fans. Agent M, Benjamin Morris, Marvel this week in Marvel. Death. It's pretty harsh. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't advocate not, that. Yeah, let, let's not kill anyone yeah. for doing awful stuff, but but don't please, do it either. You guys want more awesome movies? You want to support characters and stuff? Go see the movie. And it really, nothing beats the experience of seeing Marvel's The Avengers on a big screen. It really is worthy of IMAX level screens and intense craziness. At Timmy Westside. What up, Timmy Westside? I love like that. that. Yeah, that's a good Twitter that name. That is a good Twitter name, Timothy J. Franco. He tweets, I would want to party with Peter Parker and Johnny Storm. Hell yeah. You got nothing to add? Agree. Yeah. Totally Come on, agree. Eileen. <laughs> All that I need. <laughs> At Timmy Westside tweets, The amount of characters making appearances in Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes each week is just amazing. Last week, they had Iron Fist and Luke Cage. And then they had Ant-Man, Scott Lang. They've had War Machine this season. Miss Marvel's on the team now. Oh, great cartoon. It really Just is a great show. fabulous. All right, we're coming towards the end. Mm -hmm. At Ungaji tweets, Hey, today's the day I hear good friend Ben J. Morse blatantly imply I'm fat on the This Week in Marvel podcast. Feeling good about that. We, what did you say? Tim and I talked about this offline. It was a misunderstanding. It was when he was asking about web swinging, and I said, Tim... You should not be web slain. I've seen you recently. He thought, and I can understand why he would think that, but as I explained to him, I was not calling him fat. I was talking about how he's old and broken down <laughs> and should not be web swinging. Oh, so we sorted it all out. Tim Stevens is in great shape for a very old man who uh, shouldn't do web swinging like everyone else. Tim also tweets, he's right though. First I lose the weight, then I web swing. Safety first. No, do not. Mm -hmm. Web swing. Kind of giving up on Tim. Hopefully yeah. no one else will web swing. <laughs> if Tim's going to do it, really, what can we do at this point? 
for some reason, we've got a tweet from at QI underscore Hulkup down here. Hmm. And he says, where is Adam Warlock? Adam Warlock was, I don't know if you'd say killed, but he had his body taken over by Magus in Guardians of the Galaxy. And then during the Thanos Imperative, Magus got destroyed. And he kind of came back during Annihilator's Earthfall, but now he's gone again. So Adam Warlock is not currently with us. But if you know anything about Adam Warlock, Resurrection's kind of his thing. So don't count him out. Probably hanging out in Soul World. Yep. Drinking a Judge, Mai Tai. Judge Krator, big oh, head guy. The best. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Final comment of the week comes from at WDW Tiki Room, which is the Walt Disney World Tiki Room. Oh, tweet, cool. Twitter. Heard this week at Marvel Podcast. There is a reason I hate to fly United. At least we're all in good company. That refers back to the harrowing saga of the United Six. Blake Garris and I, two of the survivors of the United Six. Not disaster that it was. Just we got delayed and we made more out of it than. It was silly enough that we were all able to laugh. And actually, this week we were getting our expense reports all ready. And uh, Arun Six, Arun Six, Arun Singh made sure to send uh, information to all of us so we can stay united as the United States. And and I gotta say, Blake did a great job with his expense report. Did he? Yeah, just passed right through. I don't think it would have been as fun if you were with us, Ben. Yeah. United Seven doesn't sound right. Well, it's good. I didn't want to be with you. So it works out for everybody. (laughs) I love this contentious (laughs) thing going on. Build this up every week. He's like this all the time. (laughs) Me? Even when I compliment him, he just, just, just gets angry. And then he wants me to show him how to do stuff. He's like, hey, Ben, good morning. Oh, you tipping cows. Yeah. Here's what happened this morning. morning. I walked in and said, hey, Blake, good morning. Nothing. (laughs) No response. I say good morning to him every day. So We could keep going. This is not necessary. I think it's a good time to wrap up this episode of This Week in Marvel. Remember, guys, you've got the .5 episode that we released this week. You've got this Avengers special coming Mm -hmm. out after this. Three episodes of This Week in Marvel in one week. Yeah, and we're going to have two more next week. We've got got a lot coming, a lot of stuff. Please go see Marvel's The Avengers. Please, for yourself. You will love it. not for us. Yeah, you know... If we didn't love it, we wouldn't talk about it. And oh man, do we love it. All right. Thanks to all the fans for listening and tweeting. Thanks to Ben. Thanks to Blake. Thanks to Strami. Thanks to our interns who are no longer with us. This is well, the last yeah. time I will thank them. Carrie left with one final mistake. So, yep. But she did put together the album. She put it together. So it good for her. Yes. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. This is Marvel, your universe.